Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to continue Luke chapter 12 and it, it in the previous podcast, we started Luke chapter 12, and we talked about how Jesus exposed the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, and he's telling his disciples, as this huge crowd is gathering around him, it's in the thousands, and people are starting to walk upon top of each other and start to trample each other, so it's kind of getting to be of a dangerous situation, but Jesus, before addressing the crowd, he turns to his disciples, and he just tells them, don't be like... Uh, these Pharisees, you know, and he exposes their hypocrisy. Well, <clears throat> today I want to continue with that thought as Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he had told them, and we read this in the previous podcast, but I just want to read just a little a, a little piece of it and comment on it. But Jesus is talking to his disciples as his crowds gathering around him, and he says, "I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that." can do no more, but I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Now, why why would Jesus tell his disciples not to fear those who could kill the body, but fear the one that can throw you into hell after your body has been killed? killed you know there's a lot of people who who fear death and and, in i don't know if you've ever sit around and thought you know how am i going to die you know one of my worst nightmares is dying in a car crash and just being painful running in 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 particular running off into a a lake or a pond or something and 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 can't get out of the car and it, it would just be a nightmare uh, but it's not like I sit around and think about you know how I'm going to die or, or even death as far as that matters very often. But sometimes when I'm laying still at night and my mind gets to racing and I start thinking about things and you know death is death's coming. If we're alive, death is coming. There's no escaping death unless Jesus comes back and, then, and, and you know and then he calls us all home while we're still alive but death the book of hebrews says it's appointed unto man to die once and after this the judgment so there is no escaping death death is coming and there's no reason to fear death because if we're washed in the blood of jesus christ because we know where we're going our last breath here is our first breath there in eternity in heaven with jesus (coughs) excuse me but jesus tells his disciples don't fear the one who can kill the body you know, and, and we there's death all around us. We see people in, in being murdered all the time, and, and, and especially where I work at on my, on my route, it's 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 in one of the worst uh, areas of Knoxville that y- you can work in. And there's there's, I mean, you hear almost on a daily basis, and that's not an exaggeration of people who get shot and and get killed and 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 are left there laying on the road or whatever just to rot basically it's it's uh dangerous so you know it, it 
it, it's kind of scary. But Jesus says, don't, don't, don't fear those who can kill the body, but fear the one who can throw you into hell after your body has been killed. See, Jesus he knew what was coming soon. He knew that these religious leaders would be the very ones who would, because uh, they've been trying to kill him on multiple occasions, and he would always escape. But he knew there was coming a time when they would have their way, and they were going to have this mock trial and have him crucified on the cross by uh, the Romans. And so he knew that was coming. And 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 what's going to take place after that? Well, he, you know, he, he's he he's he's going to be put in a tomb after he takes his last breath on the cross. He's going to be taken off the tomb, and he's going to be put in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. He's going to his body will be in there for three days, and on the third day he's going to come out victorious. Right? He's going to he, he's going to uh, uh, give us life. Uh, if you think about it. When all this is going on, when Jesus is on the cross, you got, and he's talking to his disciples, right? And he's saying, fear the one who, who don't fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can throw you into hell, right? And so if you think about what's going to be taking place when Jesus is going to be on the cross, you got his disciples, they're, they're running in fear from the cross. They, they desert Jesus. They, 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 they leave him all alone. You got Peter denouncing Jesus. Because of fear, you got the disciples after uh, Jesus was placed in the tomb, uh, the gospels shift focus to the disciples and they're in a, a locked room because th their, their fear of, of, of what's going to happen to them, maybe they're next, maybe they're the ones that's going to be crucified for following Jesus. So obviously they didn't listen very good to what Jesus was, was saying here. And, and, and it's a lot like us today. We hear Jesus saying, don't fear people who can kill your body. Fear him, the one, talking about God the Father, who can not only kill your body, but he can send you to hell. Or he can also you know, send you to heaven through the blood of his son, Jesus. And if you think about it, if we look around in our world today and we see what's going on in our, our society there, there is a ton of fear, a ton of fear, but it, it's misplaced fear. And what do I mean by that? Well, it, I'll tell you. We fear what people are going to think about us. You know, what do I look like? You know, or, or, do these people like me? Do these people not like me? Or do these people accept me? Do these people not accept me? Uh, so, you know, we, we fear what people are going to think about us. We, we fear things like COVID, you know, uh, we're, we're afraid we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. So we just, you know, keep to ourselves and, and we keep our mouths shut because of a misplaced fear. We're fe we fear that we're going to say the wrong things. We, we fear people aren't going to like us. We, we fear rejection. And, and I can go on and on with all this stuff that we fear, but it, 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 it's, it's missed placed fear and Jesus says we need to put our fear in a healthy place and he tells us where that healthy place is and where we should place our fear when he says we should fear the one who can send us to hell after 
we die. After we die. And, and, and I, I just, I just want to issue a challenge out to you. Look around. Look at, look at your own life. But, but look around at the people that you're around every day. And I ask you a question. What do you see? Do you see fear? I would say yes. When you watch how people live and watch how people act on a daily basis, they are full of fear. And maybe you're full of fear today, but where fear can be healthy. I mean, if there's a train coming at you and you're on the tracks and, and you hear the train coming and it blows its horn and warning you, there's a reason to fear that train because that train's going to hit you and you're going to be obliterated into a, a, a bunch of pieces and you will be dead. So the, the, there is some healthy fear in our lives, but there's a lot of misplaced fear. And healthy fear is, Jesus says, is to be put toward God. And we don't see that a whole lot. And, and even in our, our world today, nothing has really changed from the time when Jesus was walking around on earth. Yeah, it's it's it, it's more advanced. There's more technology. It, it you, you know we're getting information. You know they had to travel when they would write a letter. They would take it from church to church to church, and they would have to do it by hand. And it would take days and weeks and months to get there. When now we can post it on social media in, in a matter of minutes. When I get through with these podcasts, I'll edit these podcasts, and they'll be on uh, uh, when I post them. Uh, to, to Fireside, and Fireside will put them on all these different places uh, like Pandora and Spotify and Amazon Music and, and Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. It, it all goes out in just a matter of minutes. So we got all this technology, but not a whole lot has changed because people still have misplaced fear. They don't fear God. They fear all kinds of stuff, but they don't fear God. God. They they hate God. People hate God. People blame God. People curse God for everything that's going on in their lives, and they flaunt it. They flaunt their hatred toward God all over social media. It's all over the news for the world to see. It's like they're, they're super proud of it. And so my question is, what about you? Do you fear God? And if if you do fear God, then it should show by the way you live your life. If I fear God, then it ought to shape and mold every decision that I make. What does God think about what I'm, I'm fixing to do? That'll change the way we look at sin. Because we know that sin, the wages of sin is death, it's separation from God if we continue to live in sin. But we know that eternal life is given to us through Jesus Christ. So if we fear God, if we have a healthy fear, and it's a fear toward God, it will shape the way we make decisions and the way we live our lives on a daily basis. So we need to do God's will and not our own will. Our fear needs to be in a healthy place, and that healthy place is toward the one who can send us to hell. But see, the problem is a lot of people just don't believe in that. They don't believe there's a hell. They don't even believe there's a God. And they're not going to listen to some homeless guy that walks around telling them how they should live their lives because I don't fear that guy. 
And so, therefore, I'm going to live the way I want to. So they don't have a healthy fear. But yet something comes along in their lives and they're full of fear because they have misplaced fear. So as we go to break, I just want to, again, reiterate, where is your fear? Because everybody has fear. But do you have a healthy fear that is a fear toward God? Because when we have a fear toward God, a God who can send us to hell or uh, or bring us on into heaven where he's at, he's the one that, that makes that decision. When we uh, know that and we fear him, not that we're scared of him, and, and but we, we have an awe of him and a deep respect of him because we want to be in heaven, or I hope we do, want to be in heaven with him for eternity. And knowing that he can reject us and send us to hell because we reject his son and don't listen to uh, his son's teachings and live the way that, that he has taught us to live. Well, if we don't have that, that fear of God, then we're going to live our own life. When we come back from break, we'll continue with Luke chapter 12. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru, and he is here to help you with any problems that you are having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house, or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So Jesus says, I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But who you should fear is the one who can has the authority to throw you into hell. That's what he tells his disciples. And then he says, are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Now think about that. Do you, do you, do you pay attention to sparrows? Like, are you a bird watcher? Uh, I'm not really a bird watcher, uh, but you know, we, we've got a bird feeder outside of the window for the cats. They can lay on this, on this big old piece of plywood. And, and the birds, they, they'll, they'll get all excited when the birds come around. But we'll, we'll put all these different different kinds of bird seed in there to attract all these different kind of birds. And I really like to, uh, to see the cardinals and, and the, the, the blue jays because they're, they're just beautiful birds. And, but when a sparrow comes along, it, it's no big deal. They're, you know, they're, they're not the prettiest of birds. They're, they're small their color is drab. They're not really eye-catching like the cardinal. That that there's just something about that red and that and that black. And there, I know there's other colors, but to me, that they're especially when there's snow on the ground or in the trees. There's just there's no more beautiful bird than the cardinal, in, in my opinion. But these these sparrows, they're you know they're they're just there's nothing eye-catching about about them really. They're they're just eh, they're a bird. Uh, they're seed eaters, but uh, some of them are scavengers. Some of them eat insects. There's just really nothing special about the sparrow. Um, but Jesus said that when some uh, when someone buys 
five sparrows for two pennies, not one of those sparrows is forgotten by God. In other words, I, I don't know. I guess they killed them and ate them. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe they ate the sparrow for food. I don't know really what they did with the sparrows. But Jesus said these sparrows had to die for some reason. And, and, and there's really nothing, there's really no, nothing uh, significant about a sparrow. But Jesus said that God never forgets that sparrow not one of them he says not one of those five sparrows is forgotten about by god he always remembers the sparrow and that you know that's where we get the song your eyes on the sparrow um and i know you're watching me uh think about that for a second though every sparrow every bird every literally every living creature that has had breath on this earth and died. Dog, cat, hamster, mouse, think about it. Whatever that has been alive on this earth and took its last breath and died, God knows about and God cares about and God never forgets them. God can literally, this is mind-blowing, but and it's really hard to wrap our minds around that and i'm going to bring out a passage here in a minute that explain it but god can literally literally recall any information about every living being on this earth that existed even thousands of years ago and he can remember every detail about that person or that animal like it just happened now talking about myself, I can't even remember what happened five minutes ago or a few hours ago. I sure can't. I have a hard time remembering what happened weeks ago. But, you know, unlike, you know, the females who can remember what they were wearing the day that they met their spouse, you know, or, or, or on this certain night when we went to this certain and watched this certain movie. Well, yeah, I was now females are a lot better then us males, they can remember, remember a lot of stuff, but they still, they still can't remember everything like God can. That's why Jesus says to the disciples, he says, Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, preachers use this in sermons, and they make jokes about bald people. But there's a reason why Jesus says this about our, our hairs on our head. I mean, if I, I, I've got a lot of hair. And it's grown out. And, and if I went around and I got it shaved on the back and on the sides, right? So it would take a long time for me to go hair by hair by hair and count the hairs on my head. And plus, there's so many hairs on our, you know on my ears, in my ears, up my nose. There's there's so many hairs on our head. It would be almost it really would be impossible to count. But yet Jesus said. God knows every hair, the amount of hair that is on our head. In other words, he, 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 he knows every single detail about us. And he does not forget a single one of them. He knows everything about us and he never forgets us. Now see, that's cool to me because like my dad... Uh, he committed suicide, unfortunately, when I was three years old. Uh, that was in 1976, uh, 75, 76. 
So he's been in the gray for a long time. I never really knew my dad. Now I had some 35 millimeter film, the old real films that were silent that I uh, I used to watch. And I think my brother had that uh, uh, made into a VHS. And so I can see some things uh, about my dad. But even though he's been in the ground in a grave and his body's probably rotted by now, which is morbid to think about, but if his body's gone, even though his body is gone, God knows every single detail about my dad who passed away when I was three years old around 1975, 19, I think it may have been July of 1976 actually. But God knows our every detail about us and he knows everything about us and he never forgets. I mean, think about the people who died hundreds of hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago. God knows every single detail about that person and he never, ever forgets. And that's just mind-blowing to us. So I, I just want to share Psalm 139. And when David wrote this about God, he says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know every single thing about me. He says, you know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know when my thoughts are uh, even when I'm far away from you. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. That's why Jesus knew what the Pharisees were thinking in their heads, and he would call them out on it. David says, you know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And that's the people's problem. A lot of people's problem is they try to figure God out. It's impossible. You've got all these philosophers who, who were way back in the day, and they would just sit around and try to figure this stuff out. There, there is no way that we who are created by God can figure God out. He is mortal. Or he is immortal. We are mortal. We, we, he, he, he is infinite. He is forever. We, we are limited. We are bound by time. God is not bound by time. And there is no way that we could ever begin to even start to figure out who God is and why God makes some decisions that he makes. Because we're not God. So this is what David is saying in Psalm 139. He says, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go to the grave, you're there. If I ride on the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knitted me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous how well I know it, David says. You watched me as I was being Formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. 
Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And that's why Jesus told his disciples, everything that you say in the dark, everything that you did in the dark, it's going to be brought to the light. It's going to be broadcast from the rooftops. Why? Because God has kept a record. He knows everything that we say or do both good and bad, which is why we have to have the blood of Jesus Christ washing our sins away because we don't stand a chance without Jesus. David goes on to say, he said, Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. Think about that. And when I wake up, you're still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. You know, he, he shifts his focus a little bit. But think about that, what he just said. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. The thoughts that God has about us outnumbers the grains of sand. And he says, when I wake up, you are still with me. How many times have you felt like God has forgotten all about you? Because you're going through this difficult situation, you're going through this life challenge, and you think God does not care. That's absolutely the uh, wrong way to think. Because David says, God's thoughts about us are greater than the number of the grains of sand. You think about all the sand in the world. And he says that when I get up, you're still with me. He says in verse 23, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Friend, 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 stop trying to figure God out. You're wasting your time. It's not going to happen. But instead, put your faith, put your trust in God and start walking with him on a daily basis. This is why putting our faith, our hope, our trust in Jesus is so important because our souls are literally in the hands of God. He makes the decision on where we go and if we're not washed in the blood of Jesus Christ then we're still in our sin and if we die in our sin there's not a, there's not a second chance to ask for forgiveness. And God is going to have to reject us because we're not washed in the blood of Jesus. But if we're washed in the blood of Jesus, even though God keeps a record of right and wrong, He sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ and our wrongs are forgiven. Fear Him who can send you to hell. But then Jesus turns around and says, Don't be afraid because you, you don't have to fear because you are worth more than many sparrows. Why are we worth more than sparrows? Because we have a soul. And Jesus died to pay the price to redeem our soul, to reconcile us back to God, to make us friends again with God. Because sin separated us from God. It made us enemies to God. But Romans, uh, Paul says in Romans 5, 8, that while we were enemies, Christ died for us. He became that Passover lamb and was killed. And he shed his blood so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could have a relationship with God. And then Jesus tells his disciples, 
He says, when you're brought before synagogues and rulers and authorities, don't worry about how you would defend yourselves of what you're going to say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. And we, we've already studied the book of Acts. But when we studied the book of Acts, we see exactly what Jesus said to his disciples come to pass. Because before Acts chapter 2, and when Jesus died on that cross, they were living in fear. They were uh, running from, from, from the authorities. Peter was denying Jesus. They're behind locked doors. They're scared for their lives, literally, because they think that they're going to be crucified like Jesus is. right? And then in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit falls, we see Peter, who denied Jesus three times, that he even knew who Jesus was. He denied him three times. We see Peter filled with boldness. And it, and it says in Acts 4, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, that they had been with Jesus. So there was a change that came in their lives, and it was the Holy Spirit of God. And we have the same Holy Spirit. If we've been washing the blood of Jesus Christ, we have the same Holy Spirit that they have. So we don't have to live in fear. We do have to have a healthy fear of God, but we do not have to fear death, like Jesus said, but we need to fear the one who has the authority to cast us into hell or welcome us into heaven. I want to end the podcast with this thought, Revelation 2.10, or John 10.10. Jesus says the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came so that they would have life and have it abundantly. And then in Revelation 2.10, don't be afraid of what you are about to suffer. Talk about this persecution that the church was about to go through. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. We, we can see this coming. We see this coming in the near future in, in the United States of America. And it's already happening a little bit, but it's coming. It's going to get worse. I'm here to tell you. Not that I'm a prophet or anything, because I'm not. But I'm telling you, just look around and you see this. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for 10 days, which is... Uh, uh, a symbolic number. You're going to suffer for a while. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. So do you choose life or do you choose death? Do you choose Jesus who is the, the giver of life and he gives life more abundantly? Or do you choose to reject Jesus? Matthew 10, 38 and 39 says, If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, Jesus says, you're not worthy of being mine. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. We are bought with a price, friend. And that price is the blood of Jesus Christ. He gave his life. God came in the flesh and he lived a sinless life. And he willingly laid down his life because of the love that he has for us. He did not want to see us suffer for eternity. So he, he had to be that sacrifice, that once and for all sacrifice that washes our sins away, that makes our sin-stained soul as white as the snow. And we, when we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven. No matter how many wrongdoings we have, no matter what those wrongdoings are, you look at Paul. Paul was a murderer. He was literally taking Christians from their homes and putting them in prison. Then he would 
give his vote for them to be put to death. And this man, Jesus, changed his life and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that we have today. Who are you going to follow? Are you going to live your own life or are you going to live a life for Jesus? I pray today that you choose life, that you choose Jesus. If you know how if you don't know how to 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 be saved, if you don't know how to give your life to Christ, if you don't know what God expects of you, contact me here at the grinded podcast at gmail.com and I will talk with you, I'll counsel with you. I will give you all the information that that you need. I will put you, no matter where you are listening to this podcast, I will put you in contact with somebody in your area that can help you out, that will surround you and encourage you to walk with Christ on a daily basis. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.